0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective.
1: 2020 on Vision. And as we do on a Thursday, it is good to catch up with Charles Newington, the National Director of Family Voice Australia. And uh, Charles, coming to us today from Brisbane, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Uh, Let's talk quickly uh, on the issues that are presenting themselves. One of the biggest ones uh, looking towards next week, Parliament, of course, back next week, and there's likely to be a plan to bring Penny Wong's bill back to prevent faith-based schools discriminating against students on the grounds of sexuality or gender and to make it illegal to discriminate against an applicant for a non-teaching position. Uh, that was pretty controversial late last year. What are your thoughts about what will happen next week?
2: Well, the the Senate committee that, that was formed in order to look into this issue is moving around the country. They were here in Brisbane uh, yesterday and they're in Sydney to, today and uh, in Sydney they meet what we might think of as the big guns and the big names in, in this issue on both sides of the conversation um, uh, as uh, they listen for 30 minutes to people stating a case for one side or the other um, there's uh, an issue of parliamentary privilege about talking about you know, my experience there or what was said but um, it is a very challenging issue for us as a nation, a very challenging issue and it's 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 important i believe among other things to keep people mindful of the things that need to be balanced here that, that we need to be balancing on the one hand the um the rights of parents to make choices about where their children are educated and the culture or ethos in which they're educated um, the rights of the church to express itself um, in, in things like education which are the ministry of the church and then also the legitimate needs of uh, of young people who may feel that they uh, that their sexuality makes them uh, a victim. And these are not easy questions um, for for us or for governments to resolve. And um, it's um, you know we we the church we the people that love God we must be praying uh, for people to have to make these decisions. They need clarity. They need real wisdom.
1: They do, and uh, the significant challenge, of course, is that uh, wrong decisions here uh, could mean an outlawing of churches, even be a- being able to teach the most basic functions of Christian faith. Uh, that's yes. a that's a huge issue.
2: Yes, that's true. I, I, one of the things that's come to me recently is that for a long time the Christian church has had quite an easy go here, hasn't it? You know, hmm. but all of a sudden, uh, over the last couple of years, we've had a number of issues of conscience. Uh, uh, come up you know uh, conscientious beliefs, the defense act calls them and um, and we have uh, concerns about things like abortion and about euthanasia and about safe schools of what 's being taught there, the gender stuff and um, uh, and things like IVF to people who are of the same sex and these sorts of things there 's lots of issues where people in different industries and walks of life find themselves very conflicted in terms of their personal faith and values. And um, one of the positives that comes out of this is it does make us recognize that we've taken our faith, uh, the grace that we live in, we take it for granted, you know, and uh, we forget what it's like to live without that. And um, and this makes us value what a precious gift we have, that, 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 our, that, that our hearts have been enlightened by the love of Christ. So... Um, you know, I, 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 we're in for a rough ride, um, there's no doubt about it, but um, I want to encourage uh, all people of faith to, to walk into the situation with a confidence in God and with a quiet heart and with a love for God, love for the country, and to be the peacemakers. Let's try and be part of the reconciliation rather than this terrible conflict or paradigm that, that's setting in.
1: And I suspect a good time to be prayerful now, ahead of the debate that will come over the weeks ahead. Let's yeah. uh, let's lift our sights internationally for a few moments here, Charles. In the days ahead, nations are going to be forced to take sides in the heavyweight battle for global supremacy. And you've oh. been concerned about the challenges between China and the US and Australia's position in all that. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I thought it was fascinating that last week we were talking about this—the way in which um, the um, you know the security uh, people of the United States were actually starting to call China out on uh, on their concerns about um, um, stealing intellectual property, trade secrets, and things like that. And that very day, they actually after we after our program, that very day they charged uh, Huawei, the, the, the company that that, that 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 conducts a lot of this technology they actually charged them with um, with stealing intellectual property and trade secrets and financial fraud to disguise their dealings in Iran. So, of course, Huawei uh, denies all wrongdoing, but it but it raises the, the political tension. And, um, you, you know, Greg Sheridan, uh, in one of the articles he wrote, he called this a watershed moment in modern geostrategic history. And that's a big label. He's sort of saying what happened last week starts water flowing in opposite directions, you know, starts starts people moving away from each other rather than toward each other. Because I think if we look back on, on, on the last decade or so, there's been, as it were, a coming together of China and the West, you know, particularly in the areas of trade, and we've been looking for reasons to be on the same page. And he's saying that's changed now, and that there's a, there's a new tension in in the globe and uh, and what we've been doing as australia and this is something i wanted to stress last week is we've been trying to play the circumspect role because we're right in the middle there you know the us is our main ally and and china is our main trading partner and uh, <laughs> so so we we find ourselves in a very complex position and may God guide and our, our politicians as they navigate these, these difficult waters.
1: I suspect, Charles, uh, some would say, why can't we remain friends with both sides, uh, both the U.S. as our uh, main ally and, as you say, China as our trading partner? But when it comes to big moral questions, uh, Christians are going to have a view here And having faith here and having a foundation for what you believe and something that you won't be moved on, uh, in fact, would be a, a beneficial position if you're actually trying to make sense of it all.
2: Well, I think it's always helpful to remember that, I mean, that, that, that as I made the comment yesterday, that um, that intelligence, um, you know, China's not the only ones involved in intelligence. You know, we all are involved in intelligence. And one of the things about the Christian faith is, is that what we want to do is we recognize the importance of intelligence, but we recognize that it should be exercised in order to maintain the balance in political uh, and and global affairs. Uh, justice, you know, for the sake of justice and the sake of of what is good and right for the whole planet, rather than for the self-interest of various nations. And that's how, you know, people like the Prime Minister, you know, as a praying man, he's he's, you know, this is not just a political issue for him, this is a matter that's going to come into his prayer life Of
1: course, ordinary Australians tend not to be so interested in big geopolitical historic um, uh, watershed moments, as uh, you were describing. Uh, A lot of Aussies say, oh I'm glad there's somebody at the top who looks after that, I'll just leave it all to them, but there is a sense in which uh, being detached and uh, often your own fairyland in a land of entertainment and distraction uh, perhaps might not be the safest place to be and, and it will obviously have ramifications nationally, internationally if, uh, if everyone just remains distracted.
2: Well I, I think, um, you know, I don't know whether this has been your experience but lots of people these days talk to me about being stressed you know, that, that they, they can't quite put their finger on why they're stressed and they feel this tension all the time, it's anxiety. But I suggest to you that this kind of issue is actually one of those background tensions it's uh, it, it, it and there are many of them in society today society is very polarized we don't it's not politically correct to try to emphasize that but the fact is that I mean in this situation you know Chinese people in Australia may well feel an, a, a fresh sense of victimization or a fresh sense that you know they're in the gun here because of the way in which global geostrategic geopolit- uh, geo- uh, tensions are, are, are being played out and, and once again I encourage us as God's people to be part of the grace you know the grace of God we are the ones that, that are prayerful and holding to together we're reaching out to hold the body and the nation together rather than looking for reasons to blow it up
1: and i suspect charles that even though we at times might feel powerless because we're not directly contributing to the decisions that our national leaders are uh, we do our own children a disservice if we don't keep across those issues and if we're not somehow or other trying to raise a Christian ethical position uh, in those conversations that we might have within our family. What are your thoughts about the way that we conduct ourselves uh, rather than just sit on the sidelines and hope somebody else looks after the problem?
2: Well, you're right. I think obviously for most of us, you know, we're not geostrategically strategically engaged, but we are locally engaged and um, in our neighborhoods we can see that there are people that represent different and opposing camps you know and and you know we don't need to name these but every one of them any every one of us can see sort of ethnic types or or subcultural types that 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 kind of flash up and we say oh that person's a weirdo because of such and such and such and such but, but we must resist that tendency as Christians you know we are not that person we we recognize that god is god is on everybody's side in terms of their value and his desire the scripture says that amazing thing god is not willing that anybody perishes he doesn't want anybody to waste their lives not in this life or in the life to come life's too precious to waste and 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 we are the agents of that of that that sense of the of the love of god for all humanity and we're back on we're back on duty, you know, as God's people in this nation and in every nation. We're back on duty on a case-by-case, face-by-face, street-by-street, neighbour-by-neighbour, uh, issue-by-issue
1: basis. Uh, well said, Charles. Uh, let's touch on a human interest-type story that you've been uh, looking into of recent times, and uh, uh, the largest for-profit aged yeah. care providers in the country yeah. want the yeah. ability to charge an, a private fee, any private fee, any. without being blocked by the government, yeah. despite receiving billions of dollars in taxpayer subsidies. Yeah, uh, what are your thoughts about what's yeah. happening in aged care?
2: The operative where there's any, uh, because they're already charging fees and uh, there's this in- investigation into child, uh, into the aged care industry and I'm very pleased about it because I think a lot of us are concerned about the vulnerability of aged, uh, aged neighbours and citizens and family members. We're very concerned about it. And in this particular case, you know, the numbers are absolutely staggering, but, um, um, and the thing is that people people don't mind. Some people don't mind because they're invested in the in the aged care sector and there's a, there's, there's net profits to shareholders. But but to individuals, it can be really quite challenging. This business about having the right to cha- charge any fee any any fee. Just a, on a personal note, an old friend of mine was recently settled into an aged care facility and was surprised how you know what they would have is they'd have I don't know whether it's thirty or forty dollars a week that they could spend on little extras around the place. And she noticed that this was being eaten into by various fees being charged. So she asked the staff about what it was. They explained it to her a little bit and said, look, we'll send a counsellor around to explain it more in detail. So the councillor comes in, sits down, talks to her for a while. And after the brief chat, he invoiced her for the
1: consultation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be funny if it wasn't so serious, my it goodness. Was,
2: it was just, you know, she just, she's in her 90s. She's, she's a, a, a childless woman, um, a widow, childless woman. Thankfully, she's got a very responsible niece that takes an interest in her. But how many other people are in a situation like that? So if people are wondering, you know, what, they, what to do with their spare time, um, uh, you know, in, in find ways of getting involved in aged care chaplaincy, or something like that. Uh, there's uh, there's community visitor schemes that work in aged care that just focus upon the isolated aged care individual who hasn't got anybody to talk to about this stuff. Or, and uh, and I want to encourage us to to recognise that these are the, you know, these actually if this was happening in Cambodia. We'd all be taking up an offering for it, you know. But uh, but this is happening under our noses in our suburbs. So I want to encourage us to be just aware and helpful and not just invested in, in aged care shares.
1: Another story, Charles, you've been fascinated too, uh, with a story this week about uh, our Australian and indeed international fascination that there is these days with discovering our identity and having all sorts yes. of DNA tests and such things.
2: Yes, uh, you know, we've got that television program, Who Do You Think You Are?, you know, that takes a celebrity and looks into their. Into their heritage, and and, and uh, I think that it's a it's a general fascination, isn't it, to, to discover our heritage or because it's a, it's a it's a it's an identity yearning. Who who am I really? And this sense that somehow our biological ancestors, uh, they don't just put DNA into us, but they put something more than DNA into us. They put a sense of ourselves. And so this was a story about a family who. Um, who <laughs> two sisters uh, uh, independently did the DNA testing thing, and when they compared their DNA, they discovered that they they were not um, full blood sisters, and to their surprise, uh, they discovered that they had a different father.
1: It um, is a big surprise uh, when oh, people learn those things.
2: Yes, they were fifty or sixty years old, and you can imagine, you know, this article just covered the the disruption to the family as they uh, you know, as they had to face this reality. Something they they were. Clueless about, and then as they started to explore the, these other families, these other relatives that they had, and um, and and you know, I was thinking about how um, you, you know in our own society we we we're watching. Um, for instance, children adjusting to subsequent parental arrangements as, as uh, you know, marriages or relationships break down and partners move on and how that those children lose contact with their grandparents and their cousins and their aunts and their uncles. And uh, the, uh, grandparents, I can't imagine what that would be like if I lost contact with my grandkids. You know, they're yeah. so important to me. So it's no wonder that we've got uh, generations that are struggling with identity issues. You know, because if you don't have a strong sense of identity in your biological family, if you don't love that identity, you're going to
1: go looking for it, aren't you? And it starts in our youngest years, too. And I guess this is one of those situations, Charles, when it comes to identity. You want to get your family right. You want to instill in your children those virtues, those values from a very young age because that pays a dividend in the long term. Yes.
2: I, I uh, you know, as I've grown older, um, I value these things more. But I, I just acknowledge that when I was young, I was stupid. You know, I'm old and stupid now, but you know,
1: <laughs> we all might have stupid. those. Uh, we all might have a few weaknesses here and there.
2: <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I threw the suggestion out to you that it's really time for old old school virtue revivals. You know, revivals of things like fidelity, so that people can can be sure of the fact that their parents are their parents. And um, and that they have persevered to make the, the marriage work and the family work, and that they have been patient through the difficult times, and and that they've discovered and learned selflessness. This is what I'm learning at this stage in my life. I'm learning what it really means to to consider others uh, before myself. Uh, it's these it, it virtues, you know. They I just make the point that they that they pay dividends, that they they bring up sweat on us now, but but over time they pay dividends, uh, dividends. And I just want to encourage people to to just don't give up on, on your family, don't give up on your biological family, just do whatever you can to reconcile, to strengthen, to love, to nurture those relationships because we all need it, especially the children.
1: Well, Charles, love your humility and openness there and uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart. And let me point people to the website at familyvoice.org.au course charles newington is the national director of family voice australia the website is familyvoice.org.au. it's got a new look this year and uh, some articles that you can easily access on the front page uh, insights into some of the significant issues that are going on around the nation charles newington always appreciate our updates and uh, thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020 thank you neil